My name is Miss Tiffany Morgan. Rowing away. <laughs> it's Troy. What's going on here? Just a whole lot of celebrity. Cosmer Blood. Welcome to What's, What's the, the Maple, Maple Tea, <laughs> the live broadcast podcast where we talk about everything drag race, Canada's drag race, uh, Kingston drag, and uh, anything we can think of because we ramble constantly. My name is Rowena Way. And I'm Tiffany Morgan. And today we have a very special guest, the one and only Jimbo from Canada's Drag Race. Welcome. Oh, wow. Hi. Oh my god, it's such a surprise to have you on the phone today. Thank you for calling in unexpectedly. Oh my god, I know. I found, I feel like the lucky caller that got through. Yep, caller it's number 72. Day. And you win a snowblower. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you over the phone. Rowena and Tiffany. <laughs> Yes. Where are you calling us from today? I'm calling you from Toronto, Ontario. Oh, oh. Toronto. So yeah. when you went on Canada's Drag Race, you were originally hailing from Vancouver, Victoria. Um, well, I grew up in London, Ontario. And then I lived in Kitchener-Waterloo, where I sort of um, found my people and my creative sort of roots and then um, moved out west of Victoria and met a whole crew of amazing artistic people out there and then just sort of fell in love with the west coast and I've been in Victoria for the last 15 years. Oh wow and now you're back in Toronto for show purposes or are you back and living there again? No I'm back for some shows. I did a show um, this past weekend and I've got another show. I've got a little tour with House of Torres, which is taking me um, to the rec room uh, here in Toronto, and then I'll travel to Kingston and then to Ottawa, and then back home. Yay! Kingston! Kingston! <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to come to Kingston. Um, my friend, I've been to a cottage there one time, and it's a really cute little place. So I'm excited to come. A cottage in Kingston. So did you ever actually make it to, like, downtown Kingston, out to the bars, maybe out with the students at some of the hub places? Yeah, I went. Uh, like, my friend is Carolyn Mark. She comes through with the Hoot Nanny and um, our good friend, whose name is all of a sudden escaping me, is... Um, I'll remember in a minute. But um, so I have good friends that are musicians there, so I've been to Kingston to see their shows. Wow, wow. <laughs> I'm like, Casey's got a connection to Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Because we, we yeah. had quite the little art scene here. Because when I think of you, Jimbo, I think, I think of arts and, like, you know, the 
the hardcore kind of arts and stuff like that. And we, we had quite a bit of a scene here at one point. Maybe not so much now. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, I guess everywhere the scenes have kind of been squished. I was going to say, Kingston has a connection to everywhere through the six degrees of gonorrhea separation. <laughs> <laughs> Gonorrhea, please. Yeah. Started here. We are all one. We are all connected by different <laughs> strains. So you were one of the very first contestants on Canada's Drag Race. Can you tell us a little bit about how the application process was for you and how you felt getting the callback? Um, well, it was a dream come true to get the callback and for all of that to come together. Um, it was just absolutely amazing. And um, the original process was really exciting. Um, originally, watching Brooklyn Heights on the show and the American show, I was really excited for Canada to have some representation and for Brooklyn to just be such an amazing performer and competitor. It was just, um, you know, really someone to look up to as, you know, to really see where I wanted to be as well. And um, she came through Victoria and she kind of alluded, maybe there might be something cooking and who would you want to see on that show? And I just was in the audience and just like, oh, I wish I could be there. I wish, you know, I hope this happens. Da, 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 da. And then when they announced this, it was actually coming true. I just was so excited and I knew right away I had to apply and I had so much support from my community and my friends to make it happen. So um, friends had said if I ever wanted to apply, if it was ever happening in Canada, to contact them and make a video. And so as soon as I heard, I phoned my friend Shiraz and we just got to work on trying to make it happen. And after that, it was really quick. It's sort of the race starts as soon as you apply and and you're kind of waiting for more information. And yeah, it was all really exciting. Wow. And now, like, you are one of the favorites from the first season, for sure, at least here in Kingston. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What would you say some of your highlights of being on the show were? Um, uh, like, what do you mean? Like, in terms of, like, my performance on the show or highlights in terms of what the show has done in my life? Uh, let's start with the first part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Two part so question actual... now. <laughs> <laughs> so my time on the show, my highlights looking back um, are definitely my mountaintop screen. That sort of really was the first time people connected with who I was and sort of, well, actually that's not true. Like a lot of people have really connected with me when I walked into the workroom and said, Oh wow. And I guess I'll just spin in a circle. <laughs> I have a lot of people saying that they kind of immediately, they saw me and they knew, well, that's my queen. That's the one I'm, I'm rooting for. And so I, I love watching that back and just seeing the reactions from the other queens when I walked in is totally funny. And then the mountaintop scream and it's my special day. I get asked all the time to, <gasps> scream it's my special day for people's birthdays and weddings and anniversaries and funerals you have basically given (laughs) you have basically given white women something to scream i think we've i've given every someone for you know something for everyone to scream it's not just white women this is true this is very true gay people it's everyone everyone special needs a special day so yeah, no, I have people all around, moms, grandparents. Yeah, everyone wants to want to screen it for them. Uh, and then, what are 
like after coming off the show, what are some of the highlights? Like, what have you been able to do that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do before being on Canada's Drag Race? Um, well, I think the like you know something I couldn't have done before Drag Race was to have that international exposure um, and to connect with so many people around the world. So that that is really the dream is to have a platform where I'm able to showcase uh, my point of view and my art and um, my take on drag and to share that with uh, an international audience is the absolute dream come true. So that that's my favorite part is having all these friends around the world that have connected with my story or connected with my art and um, that just send me so much love and are supporting me. That's just such a dream. So we know that the pandemic might have hindered this a little bit, but have you been able to travel anywhere and perform anywhere internationally yet? Yeah, I did a tour to the UK following the season last September. There was like a little pocket of time before the second wave, after the first wave, sort of in that summer lull, I was able to um go to the UK and travel around and it was amazing. It was so fun to get out there and to just um, meet some fans and sort of get a taste of that post-show, you know, connection that you have with the audience wherever they are. So that was really, really fun to to go there and to be um, recognized and to be, to have people just be really excited to see me. It was just awesome. You know, I, I'm, (laughs) this is really interesting. Like the Brits, they, they do love us Canadians, but you're you're talking about an international stage and stuff. Uh, have you discovered new audiences out there? Like you're like, I never would have thought that someone in Kuala Lumpur would be like messaging me or something like that. Do you have any kind of crazy stories like that? Yeah, I think like friend, I have like um, my sister's family that she's married into. They have um, some family that's like in Israel in a very sort of remote place in Israel and I guess they phoned them for a visit and kind of got to talking and they ended up they were fans of mine all all the way over in this remote part of Israel so I thought that was really cool and um yeah there's people messaging me from all around the world and all kinds of places that just blows my mind that there's people in all these different countries and all these different places that know who I am it's just amazing Awesome. I love I love that. I love here Canadians on the big stage. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think the show was aired in like 160 countries or 180 countries around the world or something like that. So it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It's absolutely incredible to hear that so many people are now experiencing your drag. It's amazing. Yeah, and Canadian drag. It's so cool. Um, is there anything about your drag or any talents that you really wanted to showcase on the show that you think that people didn't get to see? Um, I guess like my singing, I love to sing and write music. I did sing a little bit on the show. I, there was like people like that part where I said, I like to sing most every day. <laughs> I think a lot of people like, they kind of, like remember me saying that. And since I know me, cause she was like, do you like to sing? And I said that. So a lot of people sing that song back to me, which is so funny. But, um, yeah, singing is something I love to do that I didn't really showcase, I guess. Um, and then other than that, I'm not really sure. I have. I'm a ribbon dancer. I don't really know if I showcase that. A um, rhythm dancer. <laughs> a ribbon. Oh, a ribbon, ribbon dancer. Ribbon. Oh. <laughs> I was like, like rhythm and blues or. <laughs> <laughs> I 
a rhythm dancer. <laughs> so like yeah, artistic like gymnastics rhythm and stuff like that? Pardon me? Like uh, So like artistic gymnastics or... Yeah, like you know when there's the ribbon on the end of the stick and you twirl it in a circle as you dance? And you toss it up in the air right at the end and you catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very... I, I, I've always yeah, loved that. that. That's my favorite Olympic sport. And if I saw a drag queen with really big boobies <laughs> doing that, I would totally pay for that. <laughs> yeah, I do a number as a six-breasted bodybuilder. pull a ribbon out of my ass and then do a dance to um, win beneath my wings. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely pay to see that. <laughs> um, how do you yeah. think that uh, Canada's drag race and Canadian drag differ from what we see on some of the American drag race shows? Um, I guess maybe it's a little bit more, I think it's maybe just a little bit more of a younger scene here just by nature of the the venues being a lot more limited across Canada in terms of where people can go and practice their craft and practice shows and there really isn't um, a big pageant system in Canada as well which sort of helps train new drag queens and drag queens in pageantry and beauty and polish and all those things There's those systems that exist in the states don't exist here so I think it just um, Canadians are just, you know, a little bit more in the learning, experimenting, um, DIY, make it happen, make the shows happen. And that sort of that DIY sort of lends to a little bit more experimental drag. Not saying Canadian drag is more expensive experimental than anywhere else. I just know that Canadian drag is, is developing and changing as it is everywhere. But, um, definitely since the show, there's, um, more opportunities for Canadian drag queens and, more opportunities for us to develop and to yeah to just up our game and mm-hmm. and so I think that's the difference is it's just a little bit work in progress in Canada mm-hmm. as the as drag explodes and as it develops and as there's more venues and more opportunities for more drag queens to practice what they do and, and give space for what they do I think mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. And more non-traditional venues definitely are looking to hire drag performers as a form of entertainment where they definitely would not used to have done so prior to Canada's Drag Race. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have a few audience questions for you. I, I don't know who these audience people are. So. <laughs> and, and by audience, I mean like, my my friends who I told I was interviewing you. But we have a few audience questions for you. Um, Great. So the first question is, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. No kidding. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I assume that is uh, why didn't Jimbo win the season? But I don't actually know. I was given no context, so... However, you choose to answer that question. Yeah, I'm like, why? I don't. I think it's that's just the way the cookie crumbled. I I don't really know why, but um, yeah, I'm happy for for how it all rolled out. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change a thing about it all. I love it all. So yeah, 
why? Because that's just like <laughs> the typical uh, four-year-old's answer. Namaste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, d- I don't really like at the time. Like I was definitely <clears throat> a little bit more salty about it the next day and everything like that. But no, I'm I don't I don't have any weird feelings about how it all happened. It just it is what it is now. So I love it. I think it's also funny. I love the way of the you know, it felt harsh at the time, the way I was received and judged at some point. But then, you know, looking back, I, I think it's all awesome. I think it's all funny. And I love the reaction it got from everybody and how it was um, just really polarizing for people. And it was awesome. It gave really people to get to give something for people to get behind and to support and to really like um, get to be passionate about. So I thought that was really exciting. And people were really cheering for you. So, yeah, yes, and they were so mad about the judges, and there was outrage, and it was it was exciting. It was really really fun, and I think that's like the best possible outcome. Is and so you know, if I wasn't eliminated, I wouldn't have been able to fall to my knees and scream why. So I'm, I guess that's okay. I would I would venture a guess to say that drag race fans in Canada are probably some of the most passionate fans maybe outside of hockey. Yeah, for sure. They're Um, crazy. So the next audience question is, what is your favorite thing to wear? Oh, my favorite thing to wear is always the newest thing I have. I like like new things. You like new and exciting designs and outfits? Just like whatever is my newest thing. As soon as I wear it, as soon as I have it, as soon as I've seen it, I want the next thing. I just am like that. I don't really like wearing the same thing like that many times unless like the things from the show are different because people have a connection to them. But my favorite thing to wear is just always whatever I've worn the most recently. I always love upping my game, you know, working on my designs, working on who I'm collaborating with. And so I, I generally find the, my last drag is usually my most exciting drag that I love. Would you say that since coming off Drag Race, you are still designing and making a lot of your own outfits, or do you think you collaborate more often now? Um, I would say just due to time constraints, so that I'm um, definitely more uh, into the collaboration and having my garments made by other designers at this point, just because um, I've been on the road quite a bit, and... I'm just not at home in my studio for the amount of time that I was before. So, so yeah, I'm still making myself some things here and there, but um, I've been working with other designers. Well, that's definitely a good way to get some different, different looks and different ideas into your drag by working with other people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I usually start with like a concept and this is sort of the where, where I want to go. And then, and then we go back and forth. They say, okay, well, this is my take on what you explained to me. And then I give my notes on that. And then, yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to weave in other people's skills and, and vibes into, into the direction. So it's awesome. So the next question is, how did you find your voice in drag? And uh, again, I didn't know whether this was literal or figurative. So let's go with literal first. How did you find your literal <laughs> voice in drag? 
Um, my voice and drag. Well, my voice and drag changes with um, my character. So I, I have my like general Jimbo way that I speak when I'm just Jimbo, and then I also like if I'm doing a character-based work, then I'll then I'll have other voices, and that's all just from my theater clown training of just um, kind of fully embodying a character and a vibe. You have to sort of change your physicality and change your vocality and change. You, you know, the way you think and answer things. And that's all part of that transformation. That's really exciting for me is, is sort of playing with sound and playing with movement and playing with the way I look to sort of create another version of myself. Uh, I guess you probably answered this question already. How did you find your figurative voice in drag? Um, my figurative voice in drag was found through my clown training, which really just allowed me to um, be free in my expression and to weave in the parts about myself that bring me joy. And so there, growing up, um, I was really taught like the feminine, the, the girly parts about myself or the bad parts to really sort of push away and to try and, you know, not present, um, either as feminine or as gay and just for fear of being tortured basically. But, so it was really, um, I was really interested as a boy in, in beauty and being beautiful. And then that, that was sort of like um, trained out of me as being sort of a shameful, bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really until later in my early 20s, um, performing with the vaudeville troupe in Victoria, that I did my clown training and really sort of allowed myself to be a performer and to be expressive in that way. And then through clowning, I was able to weave back in my feminine side and then sort of that tip into the Jimbo AM today, which is full blown, you know, sex clown beauty. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> this, th- I'm just loving all this because it's like, where in the world can you get a, a drag artist out there that can say that they, they have that history, they have the, you know, they come from like, clown training and stuff like that like all these other people on all these other shows and stuff like that they're like oh i've been in the pageant scene for the last 20 years and stuff like that mm-hmm. but this is like a unique bespoke kind of viewpoint and and kind of way of presenting drag and and, and i just want to say i i appreciate you i appreciate you thank you and thank I, you so much there's more questions though <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, so the next question Shoot, is far away. very, very similar. But the big boob bimbo is pretty different from other drag queens. What drew you to that specific drag persona? Um, I think it's really like the number one thing in clowning is really to be a conduit for your audience and to get yourself off. And so you really, you need to be listening to what your audience wants, but you also need to be doing what you want at the same time. And so um, my drag kind of is about that. The clown is always about being big. It's always about more, more, more. And um, my drag, my personality, I just am a sexual person. I like sexuality. I think it's funny. I think, um, you know, growing up, there was a lot of taboos around sexuality, my sexuality, other people's sexuality. And um, I really like just sort of blowing that open and looking at it and laughing at it and laughing about um, just hyper ideas of masculinity and sexuality and femininity and um, just 
yeah, sort of taking the air out of all of those taboos by just making it fun and making it safe and, um, yeah, making it, you, you can be sexual and you can be hypersexualized without being a slut. It, it can be funny and it can be okay. And so I, I like presenting them. Blowing up the boobs to deflate the taboos. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the headline. <laughs> Just, just off the top of my head. No, completely not written. No. <laughs> uh, so if you could meet one celebrity icon, who would it be? Um, one celebrity icon that I would want to meet would be Cher. <gasps> That'd mean... be really cool. I love her vibes. I love her look. But, you know, I think she's amazing. And I think she'd have some really fun stories, and I think she'd just be super chill. So that'd be—I think she'd be an amazing person to meet. Same. I yeah. And other than that, well, like a celebrity that I would really want to meet. It would be so fun. I don't know. Not really sure. It would be the most fun. Probably Miley Cyrus would be really fun. She'd oh. be like, let's party, let's let's. Oh. You know, ride around on some cars wearing slutty stuff. Um, I think she'd be really fun. I think you can get into a lot of trouble with her. (laughs) 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 And then, so you said that you've been to Kingston before. Are there any questions maybe about Kingston? And you'll be here for one night on Friday and maybe a little bit the next morning before you leave. But... Is there anything that we can answer about Kingston for you? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm just really excited to come. I'm really excited to see everyone on with the other girls. And um, no, I'm just really excited to come and to meet everyone and to have some fun. Fabulous. And so what's the maple tea is generally we... Uh, are the Canadian, we claim to be the Canadian take on Drag Race, all things Drag Race. And mm. currently... The, uh, the only one. The only one. We're definitely the only opinion <laughs> yeah. from the Canadian yeah. side. The only uh, important one. The only important one. Yeah, Canada's so, official Drag Race podcast. Yeah, the official, the official <laughs> Drag Race podcast. Um, who are you rooting for right now on Drag Race? Um, well, Kylie Sonic Love. Ooh. I absolutely love. Um, I loved her when I first saw her first season and her lip sync to Two of Hearts with um, Morgan, Morgan McMichaels. I absolutely loved that. I thought she was just so beautiful and amazing back then and was such an inspiration. So um, I was really excited for her to come back and then <clears throat> to see the way she's playing it is just so inspiring and so cool. So I, I love Kylie. She's definitely grown as both a drag artist and a performer and a person since we saw her last. And it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, I love her. I think she's just freaking amazing. So I hope that she wins. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And then my final question for you today is, what advice would you give to those people who just got off their filming of season two and are anxiously waiting for their chance to shine on the big screen? I would say get your merch ready, get your website ready, get um, 
get your photo shoots done, get your, you know, get all your looks together, just get busy because it's a whirlwind and it's really hard to keep up as this like fire hose of um, attention and love. And it's just incredible. And at that same time of, you know, being engaged in the show and that whole process, you need to be also like showing your audience that you're now just getting um, who you are and who you are now, as opposed to who you were when the show was filmed. So um, yeah, it's like, you know, the race really does start when you apply and you know, throughout the show and then after the show, it's just this, yeah, it's like a nonstop race to make things and show things and to connect and to make art. And it's also exciting. And so, yeah, it's really, it becomes a job and a, and a business that you have to, still be true to yourself and your art but then also take advantage of all this amazing platform that you're given so it's a it's a pretty intense time and a big shift so i gave up drinking and i try to sleep more now and so yeah it's a, a shift in your life so. sage advice yeah. except for the giving up drinking my god <laughs> I know. I did that. I did that. I gave up drinking because I was like, you know, I need to not be exhausted and hungover all the time because I have a lot of shit to do. So I just eliminated that barrier, which is an unnecessary you know, tax I, I, on the whole shebang when you're so exhausted and you're performing every night and you're out socially and then add the layer of alcohol and then recovering every day. I was like, there's no way. So I just cut that right out. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's way better. Yeah, I, I've I've known a few. Uh, well, Chris Edwards from Toronto, she didn't drink because she exactly the same reason. She had to do the next show the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's too much to be out and to then get up and start. You know, it takes me four hours to get ready, so that's painful on its own without the layer of wanting to curl up and die. So. I'm glad that you made some good choices for you and for your career. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited for the show. It's going to be so much fun. Friday, August the 13th. Yay! Yay! So, I know Jimbo. I'm lucky that we're having it on Friday the 13th. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I hope uh, a murderer comes. If anything goes wrong, we know exactly why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, for our listeners, uh, can you share your socials where people can get in contact with you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Jimbo the Drag Clown. I tweet very rarely because I don't fully get it but i kind of do but i don't know i i think you have to really like the sound of your own voice in order to really work twitter and just be like i'm hungry and then just put that there and then <laughs> then just wait i don't know it's kind of like fishing with thoughts or something so um i'm on there but anyways and uh <laughs> instagram and i'm on instagram i tend to use instagram the most because i love photos and i like double clicking things and it's easy so instagram and then my website is the house of jimbo.com house of jimbo.com and um my phone number is no I'm kidding, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> there you go slide into those yeah. dms everybody and uh maybe don't tweet jimbo <laughs> yeah you know tweet me it's just like you know maybe they'll encourage me to 
to be do more tweeting, but I don't know. There's just so many birds tweeting away. It's like, I don't get it. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Friday in Kingston. I believe there might be a few tickets left for the early show if uh, people, if we manage to get this posted before Friday. But uh, <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening to What's the, the Maple, Maple Tea? Tea? And again, my name is Rowena Way. And I'm Tiffany Morgan. And... I'm Jimbo. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and have a great, I mean, enjoy the rest of your day, Jimbo. Thank you again for joining us. And I honestly just Thank can't you. wait to meet you in person. Yeah, I can't wait. This is so fun. It was lovely um, chatting with you. And I just can't wait to come. And I'm glad I have some friends right now. Yay. Yay. Thank you.